Khan Academy Digital Sessions. Conversations on the legal topics affecting businesses and individuals today. In this episode, what impact will Brexit have on the UK's immigration regime? How will this impact businesses in the UK? And how should businesses engage with these issues now to be Brexit ready and well placed to protect themselves against the risks Brexit poses to their labour forces and business continuity? Hello, and welcome to the Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions podcast. I am Natalie Loder, an associate in the Immigration Department at Mishcon Dorea, and I'm joined by my colleague Stephen Bostock, a partner and head of the corporate immigration team at Mishcon. During the COVID-19 pandemic, we are observing social distancing rules and we are recording this podcast over the internet with each of us speaking from our own homes. Stephen, thank you for joining me today. Everyone is talking about COVID-19 and the impact the virus is having on businesses now, as well as the legacy it will leave on business operations in the future. COVID-19 has rightly consumed the current dialogue, but to the extent that it is now rare to hear or even think about Brexit and the impact Brexit will have on businesses in the UK. Brexit is still happening, and so COVID-19 issues aside momentarily, what changes can we expect on an immigration front on the 1st of January 2021, when the Brexit transitional period has come to an end? assuming that is that the government does not ask for an extension. Thank you for that, Natalie. And it's good to be joining you on this podcast. I think I'd just like to start by saying the views and opinions we're going to express during this podcast could change. So this is as we see things at the moment. But obviously with Brexit, it seems to be an ever-changing landscape. One thing we do know, and we'll try and advise on clear facts as much as possible during this, is that the UK has until the end of next month to ask for an extension to the transitional period. So just to clarify, because Brexit has become quite confusing over the last few years, we have now left the European Union and we're in a transitional period, which at the moment will stay in force until the end of the year. So if nothing changes, we will come out of the transitional period on December 31st. And from the 1st of January next year, it's a whole new interesting world in terms of immigration law. The other fact we do know is that during the last few months, the Home Office have released a policy statement document, which indicates a new immigration system will be coming live in the UK from January next year. And it contains a few interesting details, not a huge amount of detail. We're expecting more to come over the following months, but it does have some interesting indications of what we can likely expect from January next year. One of these that I think is particularly interesting is that the Home Office are looking to bring back a previous visa that was called the post-study worker visa. And what this will enable is a graduate route for people who've finished studies in the UK from the summer of 2021 and will allow them to work in the UK at any skill level for a period up to two years without the need for sponsorship. So this is a visa that used to exist. Um, I think it was abolished about five or six years ago We used to process a lot of these on behalf of clients. And one of the the great benefits is it offers a huge amount of flexibility for people who've studied here and want to continue living and working in the UK for a couple of years after their studies finish to decide what it is they want to do long term and if the UK is a country they want to continue working in long term. Secondly, there's also going to be um, very significant changes to the tier two visa category which for anyone who doesn't know is the work permit system. So this is where sponsors are able to effectively sponsor an applicant, a worker to work for the business in the UK. 
over a number of years, and it's a, a direct route to indefinite leave to remain status and obtaining British citizenship. We'll go into a lot more detail on that um, later on during the podcast. The other hugely significant change that will obviously be happening from January next year is that EU nationals will essentially be treated the same as people currently are from outside of the European Union and the European Economic Area. The European nationals have until the end of this year to arrive in the UK to benefit from the current rules in place. And then actually from June next year is an absolute hard deadline for them to apply under the EU settlement scheme. If they don't, then businesses will need to um, start thinking about hiring them the same way they would hire workers under the, the tier two system. So how do companies go about making sure they're ready to hire EU nationals under the new immigration system? So, yeah, this might come as a bit of a surprise to many businesses. So we, we have a long history at Mishcon of, of working with companies to obtain what's called a tier two sponsor license. And this would enable the business to sponsor tier two workers in the UK. Obviously, European nationals haven't been included in that so far. So there are a very many number of companies in the UK who don't have the tier two sponsor license and will absolutely need one in place by next year. So they can actually look to hire tier two workers who are European and beyond Europe from next year. The process is relatively straightforward, but it can be difficult to get. So we certainly would recommend using lawyers where possible. It takes usually, I'd say from start to finish, maybe anywhere between about four to 12 weeks to apply for the tier two sponsor license. The home office will sometimes come to the, the company to carry out um, an audit to make sure that the company's internal HR files and processes are home office compliant. They will also want to make sure the company has effective systems in place to monitor workers. There's various supporting documents that the company will also need to submit in support of the application, which can be quite onerous and difficult to get to the, the standard the home office will expect to see before they issue the license. Once the license is in place, the home office essentially put the duties and responsibilities onto the tier two sponsor to then look to employ tier two workers in the UK. And once the license is in place, what does it mean for the employee to be sponsored under tier two? Can they work in any role for the company or are there restrictions in place? So this will be one of the very interesting developments, I think, for many businesses in the UK. And again, this goes right to the heart of the Brexit debate about free movement. But there will be a huge change in the ability of companies to employ overseas nationals from Europe because the tier two visa category is not designed for anyone to be able to be offered a sponsored position. In fact, the threshold at the moment is actually quite high. It's at RQF level six, which is for anyone who doesn't know the regulated qualifications framework, which is essentially a degree level to be able to get a job at the moment under the tier two um, visa regime. This is changing from next year. So the home officer reducing it to a lower threshold, which is RQF level three, which is essentially the equivalent of A-levels. So the, the job in question will need to be, to a certain extent, skilled for someone to be able to be sponsored under this route. There's also minimum salary requirements. At the moment, it's £30,000 approximately. This is dropping from next January, we think, to about £25,600. Although possibly if you earn less than that, there might still be scope for you to be hired 
if under this new system, a concept of trading points is introduced, which means, for example, your salary could drop to as low as £20,480. If you have other points, the Home Office think, make up for the shortfall in the minimum salary requirement. So that sounds like good news because it seems that the system is trying to become more flexible in order to prevent a skills shortage in the UK. But while it seems the system is being expanded so that more roles can be sponsored under Tier 2, and that's inevitably going to be very good news for some businesses, it does seem that no provision is being made for lower skilled workers and this will severely impact businesses which may previously have relied upon workers from the EU. I understand that the Migration Advisory Committee, which is an independent body that advises the government on immigration policy changes, has estimated that since 2004, 70% of EU nationals who arrived in the UK to work would not be eligible for a visa under the proposed new immigration system. Stephen, what do you envisage will happen in relation to these types of lower skilled roles? Again, I think that's a good question. And again, it goes right to the heart of, I believe, the the Brexit debate. And a large focus of that was on low-skilled immigration. So the government are incredibly live to this being an issue. And what they don't want is to end free movement with Europe and then open up other low-skilled visa categories that would essentially lead, they think, to the same issues um, and concerns that were raised during the um, Brexit referendum debate. So you've probably seen from the press, they're incredibly cautious, very careful to make sure that any new system actually makes it very difficult for low-skilled labour to come into the UK going forward. Um, And I think this is absolutely one of their red lines in any future negotiations on trade deals. And certainly an end of free movement has been a red line for the government in their Brexit negotiations. And interestingly, you know, just to get some some insight to their, their thinking on this, in the policy statement that was released earlier this year, I think a very interesting quote that came out was as follows, in that the UK wants to shift the focus of our economy away from reliance on cheap labour from Europe and instead concentrate on investment in technology and automation. I mean, that quote in itself, I think, encapsulates their thoughts on immigration going forward, which is the UK does not want to be seen as open for low-skilled migration, And they're going to do everything they can to stop that from happening from next year. That's the politics of it. The reality is a little bit different. So, for example, and certainly during the the COVID crisis, we've seen there's huge shortages in low-skilled workers coming to the UK and actually picking fruit crops and and other sorts of agricultural products. Um, The government recognises that is one very important pinch point. And they've actually introduced a concession for agricultural workers. So they've said from next year, even though the the politics is saying no low-skilled labour, they've actually carved out a system for agricultural workers. And I think why that's interesting is they've actually given some ground there. So they've established a precedent. And we're certainly expecting other low-skilled areas. I don't like using the word low-skilled for some of these jobs, but it's it's a, a term the government use could be expanded to include other industry sectors. And certainly if anyone's worried that there's going to be a shortage of low-skilled workers in in their particular industry or sector, now is the time to make their voices heard because the government have shown some flexibility in this. That's very interesting. Just before we wrap up, can you provide any tips on what businesses should be doing now to be Brexit ready and indicate how Mishkondorea can assist? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I I think there's three 
key things to think about and three ways in which we can help. Firstly, and as I alluded to earlier, businesses now should absolutely be thinking of applying for and obtaining a tier two sponsor license if they haven't got one already. I think that's a fairly obvious practical thing that just needs to happen before next year um, because it seems highly likely they're going to need this A, to hire tier two workers from beyond Europe from next year, as is currently the case, if there's a a shortage of European nationals coming to the UK to fulfill some of these positions. But secondly, and I think more importantly, is to hire European nationals, it seems like from next year, the, the tier two license will need to be in place. I think also just one important practical point on that, people might be thinking, well, that's a great idea, but you know, the Home Office currently open for business. How are things working? And they absolutely are. So the, the tier two sponsor team is still processing applications. A lot of it has been moved to online automated um, submissions. At Mishcon, we're still very much open for business and doing a huge amount of this work at the moment. So this is still going on even during the lockdown. I think another second important consideration is for businesses to think about their current EU population workforce. So we've given a lot of advice since 2016 on how EEA nationals can actually obtain either British citizenship, permanent residence, or apply for status under the EU settlement scheme. And I understand a huge number of European nationals have actually done this over the last few years. There's still a, a large proportion that haven't. And at the moment, for example, a company could employ a European national who hasn't had to go through any of these formal processes. That's all changing. So there's an absolute need by next year with June 2021 as an absolute final deadline for European nationals to apply under the EU settlement scheme. We can assist with these applications. And the the critical importance of this is that if they go through that process, which they must do, to actually have a right to work in the UK. And if they haven't gone through that and this new system comes in and none of the deadlines move, then from July next year, employers could find they've got a huge number of European nationals working for them without permission, which as I'm sure you appreciate, that becomes a huge issue and can open up civil and criminal liability. So it's vitally important that companies recognize who their European workers are and actually help them take appropriate steps to get status in the UK to enable them to work here lawfully. You know, just as I mentioned before, certainly on on the low skilled worker side, now could be a good opportunity if you think from next year that you won't be able to take advantage of Europeans working for your business because the position might be lower than RQF level three, then now would be a good time to actually make your voices heard and maybe think about lobbying the government to relax some of the the low-skilled worker restrictions for your sector. So it sounds like there's a lot that companies can be doing now to make sure they are ready for the 1st of January 2021. And it's really reassuring to hear that licence applications can still be made despite the lockdown. So this could be a good opportunity, really, for businesses to use this time to make their licence applications, since after the lockdown, they'll be focused on regaining normality post-COVID-19. Well, let's wrap up for now. I'd like to thank Stephen Bostock for joining me in this Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions podcast. I'm Natalie Loder, and in the next episode, my colleagues Lydia Kellett and Andrew Wolfin will be talking about how startups and early stage tech companies are handling this strange time. The Digital Sessions are a new series of online events, videos and podcasts, all available at mishcon.com. 
And if you have any questions you'd like answered or suggestions that you'd like us to cover, do let us know at coronavirus at mishcon.com. Until next time, take care. The Mishcon Academy Digital Sessions. To access advice for businesses that is regularly updated, please visit mishcon.com.